I think we really got something here. It's like, no, that's not a thing. You gotta tell them that you ate your ex. We are some creative guys. Are we about to kiss? No. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven, and with me, as always, is Brandon. It's no longer Halloween. That's why we're back to the normal setup that we have here. We're not dressed up in costume. I kind of feel like, in some ways, it's a letdown from the last one. I don't know. We're, we are dressed up as ballplayers, I will say. <laughs> yeah, it, it honestly, when Brandon, Brandon shows up and he sees that I'm wearing a hat, he's like, are you wearing a hat, too? And then he just comes from behind the door and he's wearing a hat. <laughs> it was like a scene out of a movie. So that was uh, that was great to walk into. This is how you know Steven and I are in sync because no <laughs> coordination whatsoever, no communication. We both are like, hey, are we hat guys today? We're hat guys today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, uh, we're definitely like November here. We are just in sync, which actually this brings up. Bye, a- bye, bye. Yeah, yeah it's just like that. <laughs> just like that. Which brings Second- up what? Second, second song reference, uh, well, which brings up actually, now that it is the month of November when this episode does drop, what are your thoughts on any of the no shave, no fap, any of this, no whatever? I don't give a crap. I mean, well, I think Movember or whatever, isn't that for men's prostate? So I guess that's a good thing, like it's to raise awareness for something, but um, no, I mean, I don't participate in any of it. If I want to fap, I'm going to fap. I'm not going to cut out <laughs> cut out an entire month. I don't even think I could do that. Okay. What okay. about what about you? <laughs> no, I'm not I've never been I've I've done I've like attempted no shave November like back when I literally could not grow a beard at all, which I'm still don't grow a great beard, but back then I literally had never even tried before. So, I remember I got like a few weeks in and I got nervous. I was like this looks bad and I shaved it off. So, I've never successfully made it through a no shave November. I could switch things up, but I know that it would look so bad by the end that uh, I don't know. Well, I have this one patch where I don't really grow. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I, I don't really have to shave that part. So That's true. In a way, I'm participating. Okay. <laughs> That's I, a, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that counts at oh, all. Okay. But, okay. And no fab? Who's going to do that? Not me. No Dude, way. Dude, if Get I know here. you... <laughs> There's no way you're accomplishing that. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, so on on today's episode, uh, because as I said, it's going to be a two part episode. We wanted to pick something that could kind of like tie it all together, something we could talk about for a while. So going all the way back to episode number one um, in theme, it, because in the first episode we talked about the fact that Brandon didn't have a Facebook and I did have a Facebook, and it actually it's kind of funny because that almost feels a little bit dated now because like a lot of people don't have Facebooks now, so it's not that crazy. But that's how long we've been doing the show for but that kind of took us on this whole tangent about social media and in this episode we're going to tackle social media um, and what we've learned since both of us have really stepped up our social media game over the last two and a half years and uh, the the ups the downs what it's done for our lives and um, yeah so let's let's uh let's take it back to I guess the first thing I'd like to talk about actually is just that first episode because that's actually where everything must go all began was a conversation about Brandon not having a Facebook so what was your back on that episode what was your um perspective so for for those of the people who probably don't know that episode yeah I mean back then I I didn't have it wasn't that I just didn't have a Facebook I think specifically when we did that episode I didn't have any social media at all um and my thought process was, I think 
when I had social media, I felt like a lot of the posting on there was doing stuff for attention or um, searching for some sort of external validation when I didn't need it. And also, I, I, I felt very disingenuous in the sense that um, whenever I was going through a rough time, I'd disappear from social media. And then whenever I felt hunky-dory, I was super active on it. And I was like, not that I think anybody needs to know when I'm going through a rough Like, that, that can be private. That can be my own information. But I, I do feel like there's a certain facade that I'm presenting that I'm not okay with. Uh, and that facade is that... Oh, you know, my life is great because you only see me when my life is great and nobody knows what's going on when, when my life is bad. And, and just for me, it didn't sit right. Um, and I, I struggled with that. So I, at that time I had like had my Facebook, then deactivated it, then had it again, then deactivated. I would go through that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then I think at the time of the recording, I had I didn't have any social media for a while at that point, um, other than to like re-download it to check on my exes <laughs> every once in a mm-hmm. while. Um, but then uh, obviously things changed after we started the podcast and realized that we we did have something that we wanted some external validation on in, in the sense that we wanted an audience and we wanted to be able to share what we were doing. And I, I don't really remember your thoughts. What, what do you remember what you were thinking at that time about Facebook and social media? Yeah, I had a very negative uh, association with social media back then, but I have always, I've gotten better about it, but I've always had an issue with like FOMO. Like the feeling of missing out has always been something that has, uh, uh, impacted me more than it should. And I remember always having the thought that for my own mental health, I would be way better off not having social media, but that there's no way I could ever justify to myself actually deleting it because I would be missing out on so much that I, at least I would feel that way. Like I was missing out on so much. So I was always someone who had social media, who would spend quite a bit of time on there kind of browsing around. And the reason why it was so negative for me um, and you know, well, this episode I could definitely see it going down some like darker paths of my life at least. Is like, I think back then, and keep in mind, this first episode that we did was in April of 2018. So that's just like an idea as to what time period we're talking about. Um, I always found myself going on Facebook and Instagram and kind of looking up like what people are up to in my life, whether it was um, people I went to school with, people I used to date. Like there was. It's just it's so easy to just check in on people without having to even be a part of their life. So for me, that was always a dangerous thing because my mind starts to wander. And then I, I look at these pictures and I'm like, man, they just got a really good job out there in California. And then uh, especially like, you know, five years ago, about a little over five years ago now, I got laid off a job. And I remember after that, I was like looking up all these uh Facebook's people I went to school with and thinking like, wow, I suck. Like everyone's doing great. And I'm just over here not doing anything. And that was something that was, a uh, I struggled with a lot. So I had a definite negative association with social media, but I would not get rid of it. So I, I could relate to Brandon, but I, regardless, I definitely kept all my social media. Well, I'm really glad that you started off kind of uh, talking about the FOMO aspect because I think that's a huge part of uh, of what social media has changed. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I think there's one thing to, to like live in a place and, and know your friends are out doing something and you're not with them. So you are, you have that FOMO in a very, um, localized sense, but in a more, um, global sense, when we have social media access to social media, people that no longer even live by us, we know what they're doing and you can get caught up in comparing your experiences in your life with theirs. And I think it's very dangerous. In fact, they've done psychological studies on this stuff, specifically Instagram, um, you know, because uh, Instagram is all photos. So it, it's very much an image thing, an aesthetic thing. And so, you know, people posting vacation pics, posting themselves and their bodies and stuff. I think it can um, make people uh, second guess what they're doing. And I think this is something that I honestly have always been, I think, okay with. I've never been a person who has struggled too much with FOMO. Um, and I don't know why that is. I, it's not that I don't care what people think or what, because I, I mean, I'm a people pleaser to, to a certain extent. Like I want to make the people that I care about happy, but it's, it's a similar reason why I was never really tempted to drink growing up. You know, a lot, some of the reason that people drink growing up is they feel like, oh, their friends are doing it. They, they kind of have to, in order to be socially relevant or whatever, that's something that they have to participate in. And for me, I just was never interested in it. And because I was never interested in it and I didn't care about the aspect of like, well, my friends are doing it. I don't want to miss out on that experience. I never had that mentality. I was able to um, remain quote unquote steadfast in that idea that I didn't want to drink. And so social media um, had never impacted me in that way. Like I, I don't think that I ever had moments where I would um, look at other people's lives and say, um, damn it, this person's doing this, this person's doing that. And look at what I'm doing. I'm, I'm garbage. I think for me, it was more of an, uh, like an, an existential struggle, a struggle where I felt like I wasn't who I wanted to be on, in the public sense, like in, in, on social media. Like I either had, I was portraying a persona that I was like, I shouldn't be doing this or, um, I just like wasn't participating in itself. So I was just like, if I'm not going to participate at all times, why am I doing it at all? Do I really need, do I really need this? But it's interesting to hear the FOMO thing. Cause I do think, um, that really impacts a lot of people. And I mean, even, uh, to, uh, a different degree, I remember in that first episode, you mentioned something to me where you were like, if you died without Facebook, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even known what had happened. And so that, I don't know if you could put that in the category of FOMO, but in the sense that you wouldn't have known what's going on with my life and then I'm just gone. I wonder how that would have impacted you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the part that freaked me out. And also keep in mind, there was a big phase like after college where Brandon and I did not talk regularly. Like we would talk every like few months, but sometimes it'd be like, it'd be even longer than that before we'd had any form of communication. So like there was a stretch where literally like, no joke, if Brandon died, I w- it would have been, like, months before I would have figured it out because I just, like, he wasn't really on social media, so I, I wouldn't know that. 
Um, I do think for you in particular, it is interesting because I wouldn't completely classify you as somebody who doesn't care at all what people think of you. Like I, right. I think that because you're a people pleaser and because you just have a like you're just a person who cares about things. It is interesting to me that though you and I have a lot of similarities in some ways that like we are so different in terms of the FOMO aspect. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I am curious as to is there anything in particular that, that you think might be the cause of you not having too much FOMO? Um, well, when I did my personality test, uh, one of the things, one of the flaws it described me as having is independent to a fault. And I think that that independence uh, is, a, is a good thing in a lot of uh, situations where I'm just – I'm kind of stubborn. I'm going to do what I want to do to a certain extent. And that's not really, I mean, it might be influenced by the people around me to a certain extent where like it might encourage me to do something in my life or uh, might inspire me in some way. Like, you know, I might look at somebody who like, you know, streams video games and I'm like, I love video games. Why don't I just do that or whatever? Um, But in the, in the sense, in like a social context or in a, in a context of missing out on experiences, I've never really had that thing. Cause I'm just like, well, I'm, if I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. And if I'm not there, like, what am I really actually missing? I, I remember, I, I think I learned this when I was younger too, where I, uh, when I was in high school, I remember going to some quote unquote parties and like, before I even knew what parties were, I had built them up in my mind to be like this really special thing or I'd go to these and have just a blast. But every time I went to them, they were just such a letdown because you don't have like, I mean, you know me, I I like, I like substance filled conversation. I like getting to know people. I like having really genuine interactions and, um, a lot of those kind of social, uh, situations, you don't really get that. Uh, as much. It's it's just not an environment that uh, allows for that kind of thing. So I, I feel like I, I don't know if that like transferred into other areas as well. But for me, I was just like, these things that I build up in my head, like maybe something kind of cool would happen. But if I miss it, is it the end of the world? No, I, I think I'll be okay. You know, I, who knows what, I mean, we can sit here and, and, and examine all the possibilities of every single thing that I could have done that night or whatever, but I chose to do this and I'm okay with just doing this. And I think that mentality for whatever was kind of embedded in me pretty early on. But I mean, what does your FOMO look like when you, when you have these, uh, situations? Like, do you, do you see a certain experience and then like have a whole scenario go through your head of what you could have done if you had gone there or what what happens so part yeah so part of the reason why i asked this question um is because my fomo has gone away immensely over time and i i started thinking like okay brandon doesn't have too much fomo mine was really bad but for some reason it's like gone away and in particular it started to go away as i've done this like as i've done podcasting and youtube and stuff like that so like you know what what could be the cause of that? So if I'm trying to get into the, in my head of like what the FOMO aspect is, as somebody who definitely dealt with a lot of insecurities, especially earlier on, like in my teen years and my early twenties, I think that those insecurities were largely because I kind of felt like I wasn't living 
my life the way that I wanted to, which was sort of something that uh, kind of happened because I had like a lot of like really good friends and support systems and stuff like that. So part of me felt like this must be just it. Like I'm, I, I was kind of pushing against who I thought that I was, but I was also like, maybe I'm wrong. And I, I kind of looked at myself as, I, I must be the one who is wrong about this because everything else and everyone tells me that I'm wrong, so maybe I'm just wrong. But then after I started to to realize that that FOMO I was having is because I was not good at living the life that I thought that I wanted to live, I think that that caused me a lot of the FOMO because I was thinking like, wow, man, I really wish I was going and, and going to all these parties or I was doing all of these things. Like I thought that that's what I wanted. And it was causing me a lot of FOMO because I wasn't doing it. Because, but it was largely because I was a bad version of the person that I thought that I wanted to be or thought that I was. Because that wasn't actually the stuff that I put myself in situations to to have be good at or to want. Because I didn't like that stuff. And eventually, I think I started to figure that out. And the real FOMO that I had was actually the people who w- who were true to themselves and did the things that made them really happy. Like that was the FOMO for me, I think, was people who were uh, in bands and like going after their dreams or people who were uh, becoming stand comedians and like moving out to New York and LA and stuff like that. That was the real FOMO. So I think that a lot of it was just that insecurity in myself of not going after the things that I cared about. And I think that the FOMO started to fade away when I became more in alignment with what I really wanted to do in my life. And now, of course, I still have FOMO because now my FOMO is like, well, I'm doing the things I want to do, but I'm not as good at the things as I want. Like there's people who are ahead of me or who are doing things better than me. So, but that FOMO isn't as painful for me because I still feel like I'm in like the right path. And I feel like I have some control over that. Like if I want to get to those places, all I got to do is just work harder or all I got to do is just like think it, about it differently. So it's uh, it's less chaotic of a FOMO feeling. This is – I feel like a light bulb has kind of gone off and just hearing you talk because I, I, I do think that what you went through is kind of comparable to my – what kind of – like once you started just doing whatever you wanted to do – that FOMO kind of went away for you. And that's how, that's kind of what I'm trying to describe is like early on, I like built these certain things up and I would go to them and be like, well, this isn't really for me. Mm-hmm. And then I just started doing whatever I wanted to do. And I remember we, we've talked about this a couple of times, but hearing you talk about what your FOMO was like, that, that idea of like, Oh, people that were pursuing their dreams. I remember that was part of the thing with me in in our sophomore year of college when I decided to drop out of school. So I would like skip hanging out to, to do my music. I remember you making, uh, verbal, uh, remarks about that. Um, uh, and how you like were surprised by that. It like, wasn't something that you had seen or you, you just like, I think you respected me for it. And I think that you kind of saw that ability in yourself, but hadn't quite committed to that thing. But once you, once you did the, like where you are now, um, that FOMO is like oh, what I'm missing out on this or that I I'd, I'd rather be making videos. So what, what am I actually missing out mm-hmm. on? Um, and I think, I think I, I, I've kind of categorized the FOMO stuff as a very external, 
externally motivated aspect because I think it, it it is strongest when you are comparing yourself to things outside of who you are. And uh, that's why, like, when I talk to people about it, I'm just like, okay, well, yes, you could be doing this other thing, but what is it that you actually want to do um, with, with yourself? Like, if you're doing what you want to do, be proud of that. Like, uh, really lean into that. Um, if you're, if you're, if you spend your life as, as sort of an imposter trying to do the things that people tell you you should do or what you think a mid twenties, young twenties person should do. I feel like you're going to get caught up in a lot of things that you can't maintain because they're not you. They're not the things that you want. And so, and I, and I think that that it also is harder to trace the FOMO because you think that you're missing out on all these things. But I think that's probably the actual source of where it comes from is what you're missing out on is who you actually want to be and what you actually want to do. Mm -hmm. And so when you make that discovery, you can probably start making decisions that are more prioritized for your desires, your ambitions, your just way of life. Yeah, I think it's totally like to be fair to anybody who is who struggles with FOMO, I do think that FOMO does go away a little bit as you get older because you just become more aware of the things that you that you enjoy doing. Like you'll you'll stop caring about all the same things. I do think that that does that does change a bit over time. Like I I look back at myself and I get frustrated, but I also just think that I had some maturing to do and just, I needed to better understand and experience things. Like I don't regret some of the, like the things I did when I was younger that nowadays I'm like, man, I was such an idiot because at the time that was something that was a part of my curiosity. Like had I never gone on to become a news reporter, I might today be resentful of myself for not going after a TV job first but and, and just instead going straight into YouTube or something. Like, that might have bothered me. Like, I like that I I tried a handful of different things, and I think that you can definitely see by a lot of my life decisions how FOMO has, like, impacted a lot of them because I just – I'm such a curious person on things. Like, I just want to understand as many different paths as I possibly can in my life because I feel like I got one life. I want to understand uh, – all that I can so I don't have any like questions in my head like well what if I would have just moved to LA after school what if I would have done like I, I I do my best to try to do the things that I want to try doing and as I get older I have more of an appreciation for for taking chances on some of those things well I, I think he, here's the deal here's the, the the truth of the matter is, is as adults there's no actual playbook on on how to do this thing. Like we're all figuring out. Yeah. Like you can listen to people who have lived life before you or look at history and, and, and try not to repeat some of the mistakes. But when you actually get to it in your experience, no one's actually ever experienced the exact events that you're going to experience. So no one's going to be able to tell you exactly what to do. You can get some helpful advice or guidance, whatever, but you're still going to go through your own shit. And I think a lot of times, um, I hear people uh, beat themselves up or uh, even within myself, I, I, I feel like I've uh, many times in the moment of things feel like oh, I got to get my shit together. I got to get my shit together. Um, but I, I think over time, you start to figure things out naturally. And over time, 
things uh, don't feel as big as they used to. Over time, you figure out that life is just figuring things out. Like, you know, uh, even, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, if you had like a traditional, let's just say a traditional uh, American life, you know, what, what you spent Monday through Friday going to school um, from, you know, nine to five, whatever the, the time is, seven to three, whatever. Um, and then maybe you had your extracurricular activities and on the weekends you spent time with your friends. Like that was such a structured thing. And then, and then you had college, if you went to college or you had got a job right out of school, like there were these things that just were kind of lined up for whatever. But then when you get into the, the quote unquote real world and it's time for you to make adult decisions, it's like, Okay, there's so many things I could do. What the hell am I supposed to do? So the truth is, we're all just figuring it out. And you it's it's tough to like look at somebody who's successful at 24 and be like, "Oh, they've got their shit figured out." Like if you go talk to that 24-year-old, if you like really talk to them uh in their most vulnerable state, I'm sure that a lot of those people will be like, "I feel like I'm I don't have my shit together either. I feel like I, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm not mature enough. I, like, oh, yeah. we're all kind of experienced that on, on in a different, uh, in in a different way. And I think it's it's important to be patient with yourself and to understand that uh, this is going to be a learning process. And and I mean that's it. It's, it's a learning process. You got to be patient with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so going back again to so that was kind of where we were back when we did that first uh, social media episode. And we've talked about social media in some epi- in some episodes after that, but I want to talk a little bit about what changed the um, like what, like what got you on social media and what got both of us very involved on social media because I kind of I like reliving that little phase again because it ended up being it was a small thing that turned into a big thing. So some people who listen to podcasts. Maybe you don't know like the origins of the Everything Must Go podcast, but basically, to make a long story short, there was a a stretch of time where Brandon and I talked on the phone pretty regularly uh, for a couple years stretch, and um, sometimes it was like like almost every day or every other day we would talk like pr- fairly often. We'd have some pretty long conversations, and the long conversations would be about any kinds of stuff. A lot of times it would be like relationship stuff. It might be family stuff. Uh, it could be uh, aspirations, a- mental health, any kind of thing. So those those conversations um, were always something that we both valued. And while having these conversations, we had realized, like, you know, we uh, since we the whole time that we've been friends, I think we both had like an appreciation for each other, and I think there was always um, a desire to do something together at some point, not knowing like any idea what that thing would be. And somewhere along the way, um, I can't remember if the conversation started with one of us just bringing up the idea on, we should try to consciously come up with a collaboration idea. I remember that I brought up the idea of a podcast would be an easy thing for us to do, which is like why we specifically chose a podcast. But do you remember, was there anything else that was discussed or is that literally just how it opened? Well, I, I remember around that time, for whatever reason we had like the idea, I think 
part of the reason why your head was in that space of finding something or why it kind of finally clicked for you because we had we had talked back when we were at UT about doing some sort of collaborative, creative thing mm-hmm. at some point in our lives. Like even if we split apart, we come back together and do something together. Um, but I think that we had around the time that the podcast finally was becoming a reality, we had there was rumblings between us of like we should really think of something that we can start doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were, yeah, you were the one, I think it was because you were listening to that baseball podcast yeah. and, and then you were like, why don't we just do this? <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was it. I was never a big podcast person, but I always like playing fantasy baseball. And somewhere along the way, when I was looking up rankings of the players, they suggested that I listen to a podcast. So I listened, I started listening to this one to hear like what their thoughts were on the players. And I was like, Hey, I kind of like this. So I, I listen to it like pretty much every new episode. And then after doing that for like a couple months, eventually I was like, you know, this is really simple. Like what a, what a simple idea. You just talk about something and have like a little bit of a structure. Like I can do this. And then I was like, oh, and Brandon can do this. And keep in mind at that time we lived in different states. So whatever the creative thing we were going to do, either had to be something that we could like fly in to see the other person and just like do it in a long weekend or something, or it needed to be something that we could do virtually. And obviously we wanted to do something virtually because then it'd be a lot more sustainable. So podcast idea came to be from there. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I think we were both sort of shocked at how easy it was going to be to do it. Um, like when we started, we just recorded with our iPhones. And I feel like even now listening back to those episodes, you know, they're not perfect, but you know, they're not of this quality, but they're still pretty. Yeah. They're fine. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They're not bad at all. And, and it, it was kind of cool because like it, it pushed Brandon to have to come up with like a musical theme song. So that was like another thing we got to collaborate on was just like, like talking about uh, like music again, like just, it was just so cool that we, we did something like that first episode, just listening back to, it, we're like, oh, this is the first thing we ever like created together. This is like kind of a cool concept. And at the time, keep in mind, we we hadn't even gotten like we had this social media conversation, but he was anti-social media in the first episode, so we didn't have any idea how this episode was going to be promoted yet. It was sometime shortly after recording that episode where the uh, like I think we started at least having the conversation like, well, shouldn't we have like an Instagram or something like that. Do you know what episode we created the Instagram off of? Part of me feels like I I I I actually I'm remembering one thing, which is it must have been like like at least July or August. Like it must have been like several months later. Well, that's what I cuz I feel like it didn't happen until after I came to Chicago the first time. Yeah, cuz now that I'm thinking about it, there's no way that we had that when I was in Germany and I didn't come back from Germany until it was July, like right before July. And then I don't think, I think that you're probably right. It was probably somewhere along when you came and visited that first time. Yeah. And I think the reason was when I visited, I think like the podcast was, we was fun. We, we liked it, but I don't think either of us took it as serious Mm -hmm. as we were going to. Um, and me coming to Chicago, we realized 
how much we enjoyed this and how serious we could take it if we really wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so I think that opened the conversation of like, okay, if we are going to take this serious, what are some of the steps to like market, for instance? Mm -hmm. And then the idea of Instagram or just some sort of social media presence came to be. And then kind of with the podcast, similar to how the podcast uh you know, was helpful in inspiring how you wanted to approach your content. It was helpful to me in inspiring, uh, my desire to, uh, start music stuff again. And so I wanted to create my own Instagram cause I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to be on here, maybe I share stuff, share my creative stuff because I, have something worth sharing to myself, you know, in, in, in my opinion. So I, I think that's, that feels right. I, I, I mean, yeah. maybe I'm misremembering some details, but that feels no, right. That, that sounds about right. Just based on the timeline. Cause I know it had to be at least sometime in July onward. So that would make sense because that you visited in July. So that would make sense. And it, you're right. I think it was the marketing aspect that we, we had a discussion on. And if I remember correctly, was that the conversation where I talked about like social media has to be the tool or was that in a phone conversation? That was in a phone conversation. I remember because I was in a parking lot of a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, because we started using Instagram and then we started talking about like different strategies of using Instagram uh-huh. to like get more followers. And um I, I don't remember what we were doing. I think we were like at this time looking up hashtags and like mm-hmm. maybe messaging people or uh, liking their photos or like commenting on their photos. Like that was one of our ideas. And I remember calling you and being like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like mm-hmm. I I feel like this is so um, – it just feels very insincere. Like I feel like I'm using these people. I. It's so dramatic looking yeah, back yeah, on it. It's yeah. like, who really gives a shit at all? But for me, it was like, this was part of the reason why I'd stopped using social media in the first place is I felt like I was using it for a purpose that wasn't like fully me and what I wanted to do. And so now using it um, as a as a marketing ploy to like get people to to look at something I wanted them to look at felt like I was, um, yeah, I was, I was using people for my advantage and that didn't, that didn't feel right for me. But yeah, you had a, a huge, like, I feel like that conversation totally turned, uh, the corner for me where we had that conversation of a tool. So I mean, go over kind of like when we talk about social media being used as a tool, what does that mean to you? So that our audience can understand. Yeah, this was the, this was a, a big turning point for Brandon getting on social media. And it was also, it was a turning point for me to start looking at social media a bit differently. So I always had an unhealthy relationship with social media, as I said earlier on this episode. So my thought was if, um, you know, but, but I, but I liked it. Like I liked the idea of social media a lot. So there was always a part of me that wanted to have a healthy relationship. Cause I, I definitely recognized the value of it. So when we started posting things to Instagram, I had to, put the like in my mind I was like okay I got an unhealthy relationship with social media here but what can I do that will change that and in my head the the idea that I came up with was if I looked at it as more of a tool which I feel like 
basically took away the emotional aspect. And I just thought of, all right, this is a tool that helps promote and connect us with people. And honestly, I just, I so badly wanted people to hear the podcast because I hadn't been very good at, at um, like creating stuff and promoting it. Like I always, even when I would create stuff before, I feel like I, I like didn't promote it a whole lot because I didn't like the judgment or thought people would, would think it was weird or something. So I, I was like, you know what? I'm taking on a new perspective here. I want everyone to hear this podcast. And if they don't listen to this podcast, they're going to listen to another one. So if I'm going to get connected with all these people, I'm going to have to use social media as a tool to reach all these people. And when I was talking to Brandon, uh, I was like, I was a little bit worried because I'm like, if I care about all the social media stuff and Brandon doesn't care at all, that's going to be tough. But if Brandon actually also can see it as a tool, then we double up the, the potential of what we can accomplish. And that's when that conversation happened, when it was just basically like, I know when you did music, you had a tough time um, feeling like you were a phony if you tried to do some of these things and just kind of feeling kind of icky about the whole thing. Um, but I think it's, it's different. Like you're, you're, you're older now, times are different. And I think that you can see where the value is in this. Like I never, I, I never like questioned you as being one of those people who doubted the value of social media. Like I definitely knew that you saw that part of it. So it was just take out the emotion and just think about what good can we do. And like, think about all the cool people that we can meet if they find our podcast. Well, the, you said a specific phrase that I think actually really turned the corner for me. And it was something along the lines of like, in this pursuit, you're not going to, you're never going to be able to have things 100% exactly the way that you want to have them. So for me, that kind of was a light bulb moment of like, this is sort of a lesser of the evils. Like, what are my options otherwise? My other op, is it more important for, for, so if we can like break this down a little bit, is it more important for me to have people hear the podcast and hear my music or for them to not and me not share it? Uh, well, the former, like I want people to hear this stuff that I do because I'm proud of it. And it, as a creator, you want to share the things that you create. So there is that point. And it's like, OK, then what are the steps to get people to do it? You know, if I was some sleazy slime ball that was like um, really like work in the, the industry and like stepping on people to get someplace, um, then I'd have a problem with that. But if I comment on somebody's Instagram photo, hoping that maybe they'll check out my page, see my stuff, and then be interested in my stuff, is that really that bad of a thing? So I think it took away a little of that for me and opened my eyes to like, yeah, I mean, not just in this sense, but in a lot of um, areas in life, you're never going to be able to have things 100% the way that you want them. And even if you do get them, what you think is going to be 100% the way that you want, you're going to find out that it's not what you built it out to be, which is part of that FOMO, going back to that FOMO aspect of like, when you actually go do something that you, you think you might miss out on, or you've been chasing all this time, it's probably not going to ever be exactly what you hoped or expected it would be. You might still enjoy it, but you know, whatever. So it can take some of the I feel I feel like it's a liberating perspective. Just like, just kind of go with the flow. Just just do these things. Do what's important to you, and and see what happens. And I think the tool aspect was good for me because I really had no interest in using social media to like keep up with old high school classmates or like see what they were doing. 
that really didn't interest me. And any time that I started using Instagram in that sense, I would just be like, I, I have no, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't really give a crap. And so I would stop doing it. But now it's like, oh, well, I'm using this as a tool for the things that I care about. Then I want to do it then. So that, that that's perfect. And I think, I think for me, when we talk about the mental health aspect, I think this was a, not only a huge point in just me using it, but also while I was using, I mean, Instagram is the main thing that I was using and still to this day use. Um, while I was using the app, even just being on the app was a lot less stressful than it had been in times past. I don't know if you felt yeah, the same I way. I feel exactly the same way. That's actually, that is a major shift that happened when we started um when we dove into focusing on social media to grow the podcast was all that time I spent on social media was now with the idea of growing the podcast. And it, it was not about, oh, I wonder what my uh, friends I went to high school with are doing. Or I wonder like what my ex-girlfriends are doing. Like I didn't like I just literally didn't think about that as much, like anymore. It was, it was like the weirdest shift. It was like the most unintentional great part of making the shift on social media. Like I did not at the time I wasn't doing this to not pay attention to everyone else, but I, I stopped paying attention to everyone else, which was a really weird thing because when I started doing that, it made me realize who actually matters because I still, it wasn't like I was neglecting the real people in my life that I cared about. I just stopped paying attention to the people who weren't a part of my life who I guess I didn't care about, but for some strange reason before I was paying attention to them. So that was a very weird, but awesome thing that occurred. Yeah. Well, I think for you specifically, like I, you know, we've talked about this before, but, um, part of what fuels you is like feeling is, is the competitive nature. But when you couple that with the comparing to other people, especially other people that you don't respect, I think it's, it's a recipe for disaster because it's like, you don't respect them. So why are you competing against a person that you don't respect? Shouldn't you, if you're going to compete at all, put yourself up against someone you uh, aspire to mm -hmm. be or, or, or be like, or what, you know, whatever that is. And I, um, and I, I, I do think I, I've seen some of that shift in you. And, uh, I, it seems like that has definitely taken some of the, the strain off of you to, uh, in, in this pursuit that is such a good point because yeah i before i had fomo with people i didn't respect like I, I didn't care i'm just like i don't care that this guy has like a random kid i went to high school with has like a a really great six-figure job working in somewhere in silicon valley like i never cared about that kid before i don't care about him now why why am i even letting this impact me like i i didn't want to do that <laughs> like if i wanted to do that i believe that i would have gone out and done that and like and and that was that was such a great realization uh, when we started shifting the focus uh, um, with social media. So yeah, that's actually, that is a really good point. And I don't know if I've talked about this in any of the episodes, but I do remember going all the way back then to uh, like once we did the, the podcast and like you kind of hinted at it when you talked about, oh, well now you could put your music out there more. I remember when, after we started doing the podcast like for a few episodes and it turned into a weekly thing originally it was like not even a bi-weekly thing like there was we didn't really as i said like the first three episodes we were barely a podcast i i would barely considered one um but i i remember having um this thought of like well maybe i should have this same 
mentality for my actual Instagram page. And I don't know where that came from exactly. Maybe it was because you mentioned the music thing. I'm not really sure. But I remember the day that I was I I had like I spent like a few days trying to convince myself to do this, which now it seems crazy that I had to convince myself so hard to do this. But I remember I look at my Instagram and I remember I had like 300 followers on Instagram um, when we started the podcast and I barely used it. Like I, you know, I just, I, I would just see what my high school friends were up to and things like that. And I remember just sitting there looking at my page and I'm like, man, I really want to like to make this over and actually use the Instagram the way that I think I would enjoy using it. And I finally convinced myself and I took one of my uh, headshots that I got because right before we started the podcast, I'd got some headshots to like try to get an agent because that was like the next thing I was going to do if we didn't start the podcast, which is also a weird thing that I think about sometimes because that was another pivot that occurred. But I, I literally had got a bunch of headshots um, the month before the podcast started because I wanted to have them to send out to try to get an agent. And after we started the podcast, I was like, I want to put the, my future in my hands. And I took one of those photos and it's still the default photo on my Instagram and my YouTube to this day. It was that, that photo that I got for the, uh, the uh, agent like headshots. And I, so I posted that picture and then I think I updated my, my uh, bio to say like Chicago YouTuber. And that was like a big day for me because that was, as somebody who's really struggled with like committing to things, because I always like I get like nervous, like oh man, if I have to say that I'm a Chicago YouTuber, I better be a Chicago YouTuber. I remember how scary that feeling was, but how dumb that is in hindsight that I even like that is so ridiculously inconsequential. But just having to put that um, on there made me so nervous. But I put that on there, I updated that profile picture, and it was like on that day that I decided. This is this is the person that I have wanted to be, and now I have no choice but to be them because and because in my head that's that's what that was my commitment to that idea and now that's that's weird because I don't know if I've ever like specifically talked about that but like I remember it all so vividly of making that change and then that was uh, also right around the time where. Um, like close to the time I started doing like the weekly YouTube videos because that, that actually came from you was doing weekly YouTube videos because somewhere along the way you had mentioned like, well, have you tried like having a schedule of your YouTube videos? And because the podcast was on a schedule, I was like, yeah, you know, I guess if I can do a podcast schedule, I guess I can do a YouTube schedule. Yeah. Well, it's, it is pretty crazy to think, I mean, if you just listen to your thought process on some of this stuff, I think you can see that there's a lot of stuff that we struggle with internally that we, we go through in our minds that really doesn't exist in reality. Like we, we build it up in our head, like me being dramatic about the fact that I was commenting on some random people's Instagram, like that's so small. It's not a big deal at all, but I built it up to be this insincere disingenuous thing that like made me a bad person i built that all up in my head you built up this thing of like oh if you know the chicago youtube like like it was this is a huge meaningful thing and i think you know it's a double-edged sword because on one end that uh dramatic romanticized uh 
thing that we do in our head is also part of what makes us creative and what makes us good storytellers or, uh, you know, me a good songwriter, you, uh, you know, a, a good uh, just speaker of uh, on YouTube of like just little thing. You could talk about anything and people could be like, oh, wow, I didn't think of Mario that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, it's a good thing on that end. But on the other end, um, I think it can be sort of uh, paralyzing to us in terms of just overall um, the ability to just do things because we, we work up in our head. I, I mean, I even remember when I when I first brought up that, like, why don't you post on a specific day so that your audience starts getting an expectation of when they can see a new video from you. I remember pushback from you because you were just like, well, I've thought about that, but that doesn't really work for me. And I was like, well, we do it with the podcast. And I think it, I mean, you, you, you came around to it, but I think even in your own head, you kind of struggled with that commitment idea. The, uh, the idea of just committing to doing one video a week. And I think this is where we have to push ourselves sometimes to get out of our heads, to, to realize that sometimes we create uh, things out of nothing. And um, I think that's, that's, you know, when you talk to people of older generations and they say things like, oh, by the time I was at your age, I was doing this, this and that. I'm just like, not to invalidate that you ever had any struggles or adversity, but it's a completely different world from when you grew up. Like the, the addition of social media and technology and the internet makes this world so vast. And so things like putting a status on your profile on Instagram means something to us because it's about like, how are we now presenting ourselves to an online server where all these people are potential audience members. Like we can, even though that is building up in our mind at the same time, it's partially important, especially as like a content creator because presentation matters. So like the aesthetic of things matter, the, you know, what you're saying matters. And, and I think that that's, that's one thing when you talk about the mental health aspect, it's, um, it can be difficult to just make these these quick decisions and, and just be like, oh, it, you know, it's not a big deal because you, if you're self-aware and also you are, you have enough of a perspective to look at the peripheral aspects of life, which I think you and I are good at, um, you can get caught up thinking, well, what will this mean in different situations? And uh, for you, that commitment you know, I, I think you were still trying to figure out if you wanted to be a comedy YouTuber at that mm -hmm. point. So it was like committing to a Chicago, saying I'm just a Chicago YouTuber, maybe even instead of a com a comedy YouTuber, you know, even that little thing could have been a big impact for you. Well, on, on the topic of like that, that feeling disingenuous, I do remember that the specifically the difficult part of me writing uh, Chicago YouTuber was I'm like, am I really a YouTuber? I'm just kind of a guy who has some YouTube videos. Like, I had the worst imposter syndrome because I only had uh, about 220-ish subscribers at that point, and I'm just like, does that really make me... A sh like, I feel like that's a bold thing to say that I'm a YouTuber. I'm just like, I have a channel, I have some videos, and it, it's funny to think about now is that, like, in my head, there was a specific subscriber number I had to get to and then now I'm a YouTuber. Like, th like that, then I would consider myself a YouTuber. Like, that's, that's so interesting. Because, like, even 
you like even to this day like a lot of times i'll be doing a live streams and i'm like i barely even consider myself a youtuber i'm like i i, I always like come up with it but like i told myself once i hit a thousand subscribers and i monetize like no nah, I mean, like that makes me a youtuber but then like i hit that and I'm like, yeah, but am I really a YouTuber? I'm kind of just a guy who now has a thousand subscribers and some YouTube videos. And like, I, it, it's interesting because I, I do think that, I, like, I, it makes me wonder to people who are, who are like full-time YouTubers, like, do they battle that at some point? Like, I don't really know, but I do remember that thought like crossed my mind and that it's kind of a forever feeling for me. Well, the imposter syndrome thing, it, it, I think a lot of people deal with that. And that, that goes back to, uh, the mentality of like we're all just figuring our shit out and we all um, at certain points in our life feel like we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like you could be the most successful person. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just trying to figure it out as I go. And it's just um, that's why I, I, I think it can actually be liberate, liberating and understanding that if you don't know what you're doing, that's normal. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's part of life is – you gain the wisdom, you gain the experiences, and then you start to figure out what it is you're doing or what you're supposed to do based on what you want to do. And I, I, I think you can even see a contrast in you in that mentality. Like now, if you go to your YouTube channel, doesn't it say Chicago's number one? <laughs> yeah, <YouTuber>? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I know. So, uh, you know, back then you, you struggle with the idea of even saying you were a Chicago YouTuber fast forward to now. <laughs> now and I remember we did have a conversation if if you thought it was a good idea to put Chicago's number one YouTuber but then we were just like why not <laughs> yeah, yeah who's gonna dispute it just just fucking yeah, it's do like, it part of me is just like go ahead dispute it I'm I, that's that's content for me let's talk about it, it, it like it, it it's so it's so fascinating how like just getting into that that rhythm has just built like confidence uh it's like so much like just speaking from my own personal standpoint like it's definitely built a lot of confidence for me to like conquer this like imposter thing like I, of course i still battle it as i said i still don't feel like i'm a youtuber because i'm just like eh, am i really a youtuber i'm just like a guy who, who tries to be a youtuber like who wants to be a youtuber that's what i feel like i'm a guy who wants to be a youtuber but i definitely do feel like there's been like a rewarding aspect on just seeing that 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 transformation of what felt so difficult is now just like such a seamless part of life like ever since i made that update to my instagram page we created the podcast instagram brandon created his instagram like ever since this 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 has like become a thing i just feel like at a certain point i don't know when it was but i'm just like yeah I, I'm in it now. Like there was a, I, at some point it didn't take that long where I was like, I'm in it. And there was no changing my mind. Like there was once I felt like we were in this far enough. Like, I don't know if it was a month, two months, a year. I don't know what it was exactly. It probably wasn't a year. It was probably less than that where I was just like, wow, I've really been missing out because th this is great. And that's what I, that kind of connects with that FOMO point where I didn't feel so much of the FOMO anymore. Cause now I wasn't missing out. I was in it, whatever the it was. And I don't even know what it was. That's the, that's like the strange thing is like, I didn't even know I was missing all this like social media life, whatever you want to call this until we started being consistent with this content. Yeah. And I think, uh, in a lot of ways, I mean, obviously we're still trying to figure it out. Um, I, I, I don't really know if like our, 
uh, uh, you audience members, if you guys struggle with social media or if you like take time away from it and stuff, but we're still figuring it out. And I think um, it, things that we didn't realize that we needed to learn, um, we've learned now, but also well, there's probably lessons that have yet to be discovered on, on our end that I'm sure in five years we'll look back and be like, dang, if we would have known that back then, maybe maybe it would have made all the difference. But it's just a trial and error process to a certain extent. And I think um, this goes back to the patience thing. I, I, I don't think that you have this ultimate um, playbook on or timeline on how things are supposed to work. Um, you know, like you, at the start of that year that you hit your – monetized point um what what you said you're at 200 something two, yeah i think 220 220 like you probably i i feel like if we would have talked i don't know that you predicted you would have made it to a thousand subscribers that year i mean considering what your growth was to that point i mean you, yeah your youtube channel was how many years old and, and you had made it to that so i mean you just you start to figure things out here and there and with social media specifically i think um that's sort of part of it is it is such a real part of our lives now. Um, and, and sort of, and sort of a inescapable part of life. Um, like I, I, I don't know how you categorize YouTube. I, I think it's still technically considered social media. Um, but like that, even I feel like, I have a different mindset with YouTube that I have from Instagram. Like Instagram is like my marketing technique. YouTube is where the content is. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I have different approaches with different things, but people use it in different ways than I do. So it's, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answers for how, how to, to view it without ever feeling stressed or, or any of that stuff. But it's, again, a trial and error process for a lot of this. Well, I think that brings up a good point that one of the things that has actually been difficult, uh, is just like, there is so many social media platforms. And I do feel like an unforeseen part of this journey has been how on earth you like determine where to put your focus, like what percentage of the time you spend on all aspects of the different social media platforms, because at first it was just like, okay, we use anchor to post the podcast in places now. Okay. Now we use YouTube to, you do your music. I do my videos. Okay. So those are two things or those are, and then Instagram. Okay. That makes sense. And then it's like, okay, but yeah, what about Snapchat or Twitter or Facebook or uh, TikTok? What about all these ones? And it's funny because a lot of times people are like, well, you know, do, do you have this? Do you have this? And it's like, it's really hard <laughs> to post on like a lot of different platforms because it's already tough enough to post regular content and then on on any platform like like try to do one YouTube video a week. Like I I I as I've said, like for anyone that this winter is going to be tough <laughs> for a lot of people who are especially in the colder part of um the world. It's a good time to start a YouTube channel because it's uh it's, I mean, what else are you going to do? Not a lot of options <laughs> to be honest with you, but like, I, I, I beg anyone to like create a YouTube channel and then try to release weekly content. Like you think, ah, once a week, it can't be that hard, but you have a life. Like you gotta, you gotta find a way to make money. There's a lot of other aspects of your life that are going on. Like one video a week can be tough. And 
we found out uh, right away that we were more capable than I think that we thought to like, I, we at first were like, can we do a podcast episode uh, every two weeks? That seems like it's a lot of work. It wasn't, it was easy. And that's where we're like, all right, let's do one a week. Some, at some points we're doing three a week. And then we start doing a one YouTube video a week. And then it was like, okay, we can push ourselves pretty far, but it's like, what I've noticed is if you start putting a lot of effort into one aspect, like we put a lot of effort into promoting on Instagram. We're like really focused on like hashtags and follows and this and that. But if we did that, then it took away from like something else. It's like, okay, well, where was your YouTube video this week? Or, Oh, where was, um, the live streams? Like there's just always something that you could be missing out on. And it's, it's a bit overwhelming to really try to get into this and, uh, give enough to everything that you want to give. Like you just don't have the time to do it. Well, and I think also, I mean, this, this perspective is all from a content creation uh, point of view, but I think there's also the aspect of people that just use social media casually. Um, I think one thing that's tough about so many apps is how much time you spend on social media because there's so many things to check. Um, like, it's muscle memory at this point where you open up your phone and then you're like, okay, now it's time to check Instagram. Once I get done checking Instagram, I'll go check Twitter. Once I'm done checking Twitter, let me go check YouTube. Once I'm done checking YouTube, I'll go check Facebook. Once I'm done checking Facebook, I'll go check Snapchat. Like how much time are we spending on our phones or on, on these social media platforms? And like, just our brain is like locked into this virtual world um, where we're viewing these things that we're not actually experiencing, but we sort of are experiencing, and I think that those are bound to have impacts on us and, and impacts that a lot of times I don't know that we even recognize. Like if our if our mental health is being impacted by it or just uh, our overall like state of mind in general, um, if it's muscle memory, I don't think that you – you know, the, the, this is not to get too off whatever, but uh, – the thing with mental health, like they call them the, like people with mental health issues, a lot of times are called the walking wounded. Like you don't realize that there's stuff going on internally because that stuff's going on internally. Uh, more so like on that subject, I think with anything that we do that impacts our brains, we don't really know what gears are turning in our brains and what things that we're participating in have these impacts. So I could come over and feel really lazy today. I could come over and feel really tired. I could come over and be grouchy. And that could be because I spent my entire day on these social media apps and wasn't like present in the real world. And so how many of those things are happening that we're not recognizing because it's just such a part of our lives that it just, we just deal with it. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. Um, looks like uh, anything else you want to talk about on this first part. Otherwise, I think we're getting pretty close to going over to part two. Yeah, let me let me do a little outro like we would do. Okay, so yeah, why not? Thank you all for getting to this point of the episode. We're gonna continue this next week on the show. 
this conversation about social media and mental health, all that stuff. We're going to continue this theme on the episode that drops next week. If you want to send any thoughts, comments, or questions, it's going to take uh, a while for us to get to those because we're recording a two-part episode in one sitting. But you can email us emgpod at gmail.com or you can call us and leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. If you want to hit us up on social media, it is at emgpod. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Everything Must Go podcast YouTube channel. Definitely check it out for our Halloween episode that dropped on <laughs> Halloween. You can see our awesome costumes. Those are pretty sweet. Um, if you want to follow us uh, individually on social media, I am at Brandon J. Flippin. He is at Stephen Russell B. Make sure you turn in next week. tune in next week so you can hear the rest of this conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll talk to you then.